I believe God never stops speaking if we'll have ears to hear. So I'm gonna say amen to that. And so <clears throat> we just went through um, what we call Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, which is a holy day with God. They're called the feast days with the Lord. And in fact, this particular time frame of fall, uh, he calls the Feast of Trumpets. Feast of Trumpets, which is an interesting thing because we, we know that the Bible says no man knows the, the day or the hour that Jesus shall return. How many believe that Jesus is coming back again? Maybe some of you don't, but he's coming back again. And he's coming back for his church or his bride. And there's going to be something called a catching away or the rapture of the church. The word rapture is not found in the Bible, but it means the same thing, a catching away. And so we have to be ready because he could come like a thief in the night, the Bible says. And any moment he can come. And so we have to live prepared like he's coming today. Now, I will say this, that we should live that way anyways. We shouldn't try to trick Jesus as saying, I'm going to try to figure it out when he's going to come. And then at the last second, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. After my last sin, then I'm going to go ahead and give my life to Jesus. It don't really work like that because he knows your heart, you know. But we do know that it will be the time of atonement, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, that Jesus will come back. That's why we have to get things ready in our hearts beforehand, and especially with our loved ones, praying for them and so on. Because the Bible says that he will descend with a shout, and with the trump of God, he will come back. Well, the Feast of Trumpets is during the time of atonement, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It's called the Feast of Trumpets. So we know that's going to, and the Bible says, no man shall know the day or the hour, which is also interesting because the priests don't know the day or the hour of when Rosh Hashanah starts. That's why every single year it's a different time and a different day every single year. It's based upon the moon. And so the priests are trained that as soon as they see the moon on Rosh Hashanah, as soon as they see that moon, that's when they blow the trumpet. The first priest blows the trumpet, then the other hundred blow the trumpets and so on. This happens in Israel to this day. And so <clears throat> the reason why the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour is because it's referring to the Feast of Trumpets. Nobody knows the day or the hour that the trumpet's going to blow. But when the trumpet blows, you better be ready. Somebody say amen. Isn't that good stuff? Everything with God is about timing and about seasons and about, um, he puts things together, he structures the stars and the moon and, and, the, and the earth and how he, how he, everything's in order. It may seem like it's chaotic, but with God, everything's absolutely in order. Matter of fact, this year, uh, I was unaware of this, but this year uh, uh, began the Shemitah, which is the sabbatical year. So we're in the seventh year, the Shemitah or the sabbatical year started in September, the beginning of September 6th, I believe, and will run to September all the way to, of next year, 2022. Another timing thing with God. And so everything with him is important, even the numbers. As a matter of fact, this year, Hebrew, in the Hebrew calendar, which we we, we, we live in the Gregorian calendar. So our first uh, part of the year is January 1st. There's nothing wrong with that and having resolutions and this, that's fine. But, but with God's calendar, he has two new, new years in, the, in, the, uh, in, in one year. First is Passover. The second one is atonement, which we just passed just a couple weeks ago. And, um, and as a matter of fact, that year that, we, that as we've now moved into the new year is 5782. 5782 on God's calendar. For us, 
you know, we, won't, we haven't moved yet into 2022, but the two are about to converge. So every about five or six months or so, God's calendar and our calendar converges and something special happens. The title of my message this morning is, It's a New Season. Father, hallelujah. We give you the praise and the glory, Lord God, for all that you've done in our midst this far, Lord God. But we ain't seen nothing yet for what's about to come upon planet Earth, Father God. And you're about to meet us in a big and powerful way, Lord. And we give you praise for that. Let revelation knowledge flow freely in this house, I pray, until we're not the same again. In Jesus' precious name, and the church said a big amen. And amen. I was talking yesterday, or not yesterday, <laughs> last week, with uh, Pastor Dennis White. Actually, he, he texted me and he said, Hey, did, did, he said, could we be in the year of the Shemitah? And I thought, Well, that's interesting. I haven't been asked that. I said, I, I didn't know. So I Googled it. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for Google. And I Googled it. And sure enough, we are in the year of the Shemitah. It started a couple weeks ago, right with Rosh Hashanah, and or just a little bit after. And, um, and so I thought, well, that's interesting. So he's talking about me. Well, could this be this and that and the other? And he's telling me, you know, he were texting back and forth. But it got me thinking. And so I started to begin to study about Shemitah. But it led me a little bit different. But I'll talk about today. It is 5782 and how it relates to 2022 and how important these years are. And you're going to see in just a moment. And so I begin to study. And in my, my, my study, my main resource came from a pastor prophet who I'd never heard of before by the name of Troy Brewer. Has anybody ever heard of Troy Brewer before? I have not. I've never heard of him before. And so I got some of his materials. And then I did some of my, my study. And I put it together. I got a, just a profound thing I want to share with you this morning. So hang with me. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And it says this, for he says, in an acceptable time, everybody say acceptable time. In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. So there's a definite shift in moments that just took place. He said, there is an acceptable time, and I'm letting you know, now is that accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Church, there's literally a moment where it comes from wait for the time of salvation to now is the time of salvation. And did you know that right now is your time of salvation? And it's been going on for 2,000 years since Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. The problem is, and then, then we move into the prophetic part of it. So we can do the generalization. Salvation has come through the cross of Christ. But how many knows we need salvations to happen? Not for born-again experiences to go to heaven, but we need to be saved from problems and circumstances and diseases and sicknesses. And come on, someone say amen to that too. And the problem is, if you are not in alignment with God's timing, you can miss what God is actually saying and what God is actually doing. Isaiah the prophet said, Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord, shall you not know it? I do a new thing, says the Lord, shall you not know it? He's asking the question. In other words, are you intentional in wanting to know what I'm about to do in the world and in your life and in the church? Because it may not look, God's saying, because it may not look quite like anything you've ever seen before. 
Now, that, I didn't get a lot of amens on that because we like the tradition. We like God to move in a familiar way. But what if God's going to move in a way you've not seen before? Are you still going to say yes to God or we reject his ways? Because when we're out of time with God, our out of timing with God, that's when we start seeing things hit, uh, uh, more miss than hit, but hit and miss. But when you're in timing with God, everything begins to flow in a natural succession of your, of your life and begin to move in, in, in you and begin to put things in order. Salome and Mary went to the, um, the grave of Jesus to anoint his body. And when they got there, of course, the, the tomb had been opened and there was nobody there. And there's a couple different accounts of this, but one of the accounts is Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene uh, looks for help because she can't find the body of Jesus. And she sees a man who she perceives to be the gardener. But he's not the gardener. He is Jesus. And he's talking to her, but she does not recognize who he is because Mary, like many of us, are always trying to adapt our Jesus and our ways with God as to what we've already experienced with him. But how many knows God wants to give us another experience? We go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Somebody say amen to that. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a new experience in my God. I'm ever learning. I'm ever knowing. We're ever always understanding a newness and freshness about who God is. He is incredible, and we always want to understand. How about this? Road to Damascus, the Bible talks about this. Road to Damascus, I'm sorry, Emmaus. Road to Emmaus. And you have these, these two, uh, they were disciples. They weren't the 12 disciples, but they were part of the, of the 500 that followed Jesus. And they're talking about what was happening in the time that Christ was crucified. Now, Jesus had already ascended from, uh, he had already raised, been raised from the dead, had not yet quite ascended to heaven. He's walking the earth for 40 days in, in the earth. And he's walking all of a sudden and he emerges on that road with these two men. And they begin to say, he says, what, why are you so sad? Why are you so, why are you so down? And they said, have you not heard what has happened these days? And then they explain all that happened to Jesus, who they followed. And they were discouraged because they never believed that Jesus would die. They didn't understand who he actually was. They didn't recognize who he actually was. They thought he was going to be a natural king to set up a natural kingdom on earth, and they would follow him as, you know, as, 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 as a leader in the earth. But Jesus had to die. He was the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so they, they were confused in their emotions and all of this. And so Jesus begins to explain, express them, and begins to share the scriptures with them. And they said, please, sir. They said, please, come and eat with us. And so they sat down and they began to have, uh, the Bible says, they broke bread together. The Bible says, and when Jesus broke the bread, they did not know who he was. But when he broke the bread and handed the bread to them, they perceived something. Something happened on the inside of them. They said, wait a second. Did not our hearts burn when this man spoke to us? He spoke to us like we never had anybody speak to us before. Personally, I believe that when he handed the bread out, they saw the nail scars in his hands and they knew who he was and went, wow, this is him. We don't recognize him, but it's him who paid the price and our hearts were burning as a result of that. Let me ask you, how do you recognize this next move of God? Because it may not quite look like the other moves of God. Your hearts will burn on the inside of you. Something in you begins to shift. Come on, somebody. 
And I don't know about you, but we've got too many churches out there placating, patty-caking, come on somebody, doing just everything they can to make sure everybody feels a certain kind of way. But I know we serve a God who will challenge you. Who wants to put things back in order. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Our hearts have to burn on the inside. By the way, interesting thing, I mean, it doesn't really relate, but I thought it was kind of cool. It kind of relates in a little bit of a way. We were picking up my daughter at her place, and, and, um, and uh, we, were, so we were around the corner waiting for her to come down. And so um, this man gets out of a car. When he gets out, he looks just like Jesus. Looks just like Jesus. Long hair, beard. He smiled at me, and I smiled back for a second. And my wife, she was on her phone. I said, look at this guy. He looks like, he looks like Jesus. She said, yeah, if Jesus was a serial killer. I said, come on now. I said, he does. He kind of, <laughs> I said, I said, she goes, yeah, yeah. And just when I said it, we're looking at the guy, and he goes over to a bush, and he starts looking at the leaves, and he smiled at the leaves, looking, look, look at, he's admiring his creation. And we're laughing about it. It was the weirdest. He's just looking and just smiling. And he's going through the different bushes. And he's looking, at, you know, he's looking by the fence and everything. And then there's an alley right there. And so all of a sudden, my daughter Olivia gets in the car. And when she gets in the car, um, I said, look. I said, Liv, that guy, he looks like Jesus. He goes, yeah, it kind of does. And I said, that's crazy. So we start to, get, I put it in drive. We start to pull out, pull out. At the same, it was, it was harmonious. He went, to down the, he went down the alley the, when we were coming up. So we all turned our head to look to see Jesus walking down the alley. There was nobody there. I said, you called Jesus serial killer. Take it back. <laughs> now either that guy could run like the wind a whole block in about 1.2 seconds or that was something supernatural I, it was different it was, it was but my point is it, maybe it was just confirmation for me today because there's things about Jesus that we may not recognize in this next move of God now they're always principles of His Word will never change. Morality never changes. That kind. Of, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about how God does things. Methods and means will always change how God reaches another generation. But God set up His feast days, and they are not. Get this in your spirit. I've been preaching this for 15 years. They are all my studies. They are not Jewish feasts. The Jewish people, God picked and chose as his chosen people to steward the feasts. But they're not their feasts. The Bible calls them the feasts of the Lord. This, and feast, by the way, means appointment. They're the appointments of God. The appointments of, so it's not the Jews' feasts. It's, it's the whole world can enjoy it, but it's God's feasts. The Jews protected it and they stewarded it and they wrote it down so we would understand. So what God is establishing are times and seasons in the earth that he meets. This is his time to meet with his people to give what? To give instruction. And here's the most important part. To give new revelation. New revelation. Revelation is light where it was dark. Concerning what? Concerning him. New revelation concerning him. Instruction concerning him. New revelation and instruction concerning his kingdom, concerning his church, concerning you, and concerning me personally. Jesus speaks into this in Luke chapter 4, verse 19, where he says, I've come 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the acceptable time. Jesus was saying, it is now the accepted time. And now, by the way, this is, I'm not going to get too deep in this, but the Bible says that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So Jesus, was, he was bringing it together. We've already proved the good. I've come to show you the acceptable so that what? We can bear out the perfect will of God. Psalm 75, verse 2, this is out of the Amplified Bible. It says this, when I select an appointment time, I will judge with equity, says the Lord. Now, when I read that, keep it up there, guys, for a second. The proper time has come for, uh, you need to do the amp, amplified. You can do the amplified. It said amp, A-M-P. Let's not have a conversation about it right now, but you didn't need the amp. Huh? That's not the amp. No, this is the amp. Anyways, I liked it mine better. Let me read mine better. This could be the Jeffrey Pruitt version. I have no idea now. I don't know what happened here. When I select an appointed time, I will judge with equity, with fairness. Okay? Now, when I read that, here's what happens to me. When? God, when are you going to judge? I see so much wickedness in the world just getting away with it with big smiles on their face. When are you going to do it, God? When are we going to see your, your fairness? When are we going to see the judgment? Because you're, you always weigh things in the balance is what his word says, right? So it's either going to be too heavy on one side or too heavy on the other. We've got to balance the system. And I begin to think about this. I begin to think, God doesn't move in our timing. And this can frustrate us when we don't understand how he moves and how he moves in his timing. So our job is to seek out the timing of God and not our timing because our time is always right now, God, right now, God, right now, God, right now, God. And sometimes God does things right now. But most of the time, there is a position, a pattern of waiting. And God moves in his timing the way he moves in Scripture. Matter of fact, the Messiah who was prophesied about in the scriptures, did not show up in Israel for 4,000 years. And we've been waiting for his return for 2,000 years. This God moves kind of slow. But when you understand how he operates in light of eternity, the Bible says a day is as a thousand years to God and a thousand years as one day. For God, it's only been two days. He's trying to give us time. And it was only four days to God when John the Baptist announces who Jesus is to the world. From the first prophetic scripture given about the Messiah, it was only four days in God's calendar and God's heart and mind when John behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And by the way, when God rents the heavens and speaks audibly, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And even though God spoke it publicly, Spoke it audibly so people could hear. Even after that, most still rejected Jesus. Why? Listen to me. Because none of us in this room are exempt from this. Why? They simply weren't in alignment with God and his prophetic timing. 
and many were just not looking for a Messiah. So when the Messiah came, they could not recognize him. And he has to fight, not with the world, not with the Romans. He fights with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the leadership in the household of God. And the Bible says they were blind and they could not see who he was. How can that be if they're the leaders of the so-called church in that day? How? They were not in alignment with God and his prophetic timing. They wanted what they wanted. They didn't want what God wanted. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, 41, now as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over, talking about Jerusalem, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you on every side. It didn't have to be like that. You didn't have to be taken over by your enemies. I wanted you to come to me. I wooed you like chicks, like a mother hen, grabbing her chicks to brood with them and to, and to take care of them. But you would not, Jesus said. You didn't recognize who I was. You didn't recognize the day that you were in. And so he says here, he says, and you were close, you were close in you on every side and every level and your children are within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. It got quiet in this Pentecostal church. That's good. I expected it fully because I begin to think myself, Lord, I don't want to be caught outside doing what I want, what Jeff Pruitt wants rather than what you want in the earth. We can't be playing games, one foot in the world and one foot in the household of God. Can't do it. Church, we need the spirit of Issachar on us. Issachar was a tribe of, of Israel, but they were a special tribe. They were a prophetic people. And every tribe had, a, every tribe had its strength. Issachar tribe was to learn the ways of God to study the scriptures, to study the word of God, and then prophetically know the timing of God. So their, their part of their deal was to know what God would do. The Bible says Issachar was to know what God would do. And so I believe we need that in our uh, world today. First Chronicles 12, 32 in our church today. This is speaking of Issachar, by the way. For at that time they came, talking about they means Issachar. They came, to many, many of these men, came to David day by day to help him. They were trying to get him in a position to see what God was doing. And David was open to that. Until it was a great, they came to help him, until it was a great army like the army of God. The spirit of Issachar doesn't raise weak people. The spirit of Issachar raised up strong people. Where are the Issachars to lead the church into the timing of God? Where are the Issachars to raise up the mighty army of God in the earth today? Instead of an army that we have a bunch of children running around that are weak and complacent, apathetic, compl complain about everything, won't give their tithe, won't give their offering, contribute nothing to the kingdom of God, belly up when they need it, and forget about God when they don't. Where's the Issachar to say enough of that stuff? It's time to become strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Come on! If you would shout right there, we won't know you're the weak, complacent Christian. 
Amen. We need the timing of God, church. Because when everything, when things are not in time, they're not in sync, they're not in order. Anything that's out of order won't work. I've had a few cars, maybe you've had a few cars like I've had a few cars in my life where the timing wasn't there. You ever had a car where they needed time, they needed timing change or the timing chain or whatever, or it, 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 uh, uh, the spark plugs need to be changed because the time, and it messed with the timing and everything just spits and sputters and pops and, and you get, they call them those, uh, that comes out the tailpipe, what's it called? Backfires. I've had a lot of those kind of cars in my life. Kind of embarrassing actually, you know? But the reason is, is because it's simply out of time. And when you start trying to do stuff that's out of time with God, you will find that your life will not work. It'll spit, it'll sputter, it'll suck gas down fast and you can keep it in and it will backfire on you. Somebody say amen. Look, the Bible says that when the Antichrist spirit comes, he will seek to change the times. When he comes, he wants to speed up the time in his favor. So when he sees opportunity in earth to do it, he will do it. And the Antichrist spirit, the Bible has been in the earth since Jesus. Antichrist. It's been trying to fight Christ since he showed up. So don't think of him as a man. Think of it as a spirit that attacks men and women in places of authority. And so that's what he's trying to do right now in the earth. Maybe I should have prayed a little harder on this one today. Praise God. Y'all getting super, super quiet on me. Don't get nervous. Praise God. Just stick with me. Antichrist. You've heard of him, right? Okay. And so that's what I believe is happening right now on the earth, that the devil has come because he sees an opportunity to speed up the time. And that's why you start to hear people say, we're living last days. It's the last days, last days, last days, last days, last days, last days, last days. And I will say to you that we might be getting closer to the last days, but we're not in the last days yet. Well, I think we are. It just depends on how you're spelling days. D-A-Y-S or D-A-Z-E? Because there's a lot of Christians that are in the last days. I can tell you that. D-A-Z-E. <laughs> And can, I, can I get a witness of the Lord with that? Amen. But, but we're not in the last days yet. Now that should bring some comfort because I got family members that aren't saved yet. Amen. I got, I got, we got, we got relatives and we got, we got neighbors and people that we want to get in the kingdom yet. And there are certain things that have not happened yet. I will say this. You live like he's coming back tomorrow, but do I believe he's coming back tomorrow? No, because it's too much yet to do. Amen which causes me to want to live more for him because I want to see more done for him. Amen. So I believe that the enemy is taking advantage of an opportunity in the earth to make it look like it's the last days so that people get in a place of fear. By the way, God chooses to speak differently to us based on the level of our maturity. You don't speak to your 40-year-old son the same way you would your one-year-old son. You don't grab your 41-year-old son by the cheeks and go, oh, you're so cute, look at you. You don't do that. You shouldn't, you know. But you might do that to your one-year-old son. So the level of how God speaks to you is based on the maturity of what you can handle. And, and, and let me make this statement. The word of God, the Bible, the Bible never changes, but how God speaks to us does. 
He's unique. He talks to us in buried. He talked, he talked to people through a donkey one time. He talked to a, a man named Moses through something called a burning bush. He talks many times uh, through an angel or he'll speak through one of his prophets or he'll speak through a dream or a vision. The Bible says even through nursing babies, you can hear the voice of God. How God speaks. Nature can talk to you. It's amazing if you'll have an ear to hear. Amen? But it's unique to the specific time that you are in. So that's why all the time we must have our ears open and not rely on what he said a decade ago. Hebrews 1.1, God, who at various times, watch this, in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. God chooses all kinds of unique ways to express himself to his people. Job 33.14, for God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. Why? They don't know the day of their visitation. They're not looking for God to speak. They're not waiting on God to talk to them. Are you? Or do we just live our life and hopefully once in a while we can hit it? Then that's the only life you'll ever have. But if you're hungering for God and thirsting for God, then every day you're expecting him to show up in your life and talk to you. Yes, the God of all creation. God reminds us in his word and says, and I'm not even to the meat of this, but I'm getting there. God reminds us in his word and says, he who has eyes to see and ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. God is still speaking. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Yes, you can. All right. So, have ears to hear. 5782 just happened. The Hebrew, on the Hebrew calendar, just happened. And it will be converging with the year 2022 in our January 1st Gregorian calendar. What is the prophetic implications and what is God saying through it? When we put it together, here's what we see or can see through the meaning. Number one is this, the, it means this, and I'll go through some of this in just a second. The hidden thing made manifest. So 5782 coming in 2022 can mean this, the hidden thing is made manifest. The secret thing is exposed. Have we been preaching about exposure for the last couple of years? Yes. The third thing is the real agenda to be revealed. The hidden thing made manifest, the secret thing exposed, the real agenda being made real. Have you never in your lifetime ever felt ever felt like you feel right now, like you have been lied to by everything that moves? Your government, the news, everything around you, it's like, who's telling the truth? Just tell us the truth. We can take it. But everybody covers their own, you know what. Come on, somebody say amen. Blessed assurance. Covers your own blessed assurance. Hallelujah. Uh, it also means this, the light of Christ revealed. And it means we move from visitation to habitation. From God visiting us to God staying with us. Visitation to habitation. Again, 5782 is converging with 2022. Look what the word pronounces, watch this, in Acts 2, 2, 2. Are you ready? Men of Israel, hear these words. 
Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. It is the only scripture in the Bible. I didn't know this till I began to research it. I preached it forever, didn't know this. It's the only scripture in the Bible where you see all three signs, wonders, and miracles together at Acts 2, 2, 2. It lets me know that we are moving in a time of signs, wonders, and miracles. You ought to shout about that. So there are 22 letters to the Hebrew alphabet. And by the way, the number 22 means the light of revelation. Well, we said that the feast is to bring, what, a new revelation of God to us. Okay? 22 means the light of revelation. For instance, there are 22 letters that make up the whole of his word. Watch this. Watch this. Or the light of his revelation. There are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. Which book? Revelation. Revelation. 22. In the Gospel of John, the word light, quote unquote light, is mentioned 22 times and John wrote the book of Revelation. See, every pattern, with everything about God, it's all prophetic. It all speaks. Everything talks. Everything's talking to us. Now, when you're looking at the Hebrew, Hebrew numbers, it is never going to be a number. The Hebrew numbers are letters. So what do you mean they're letters? Well, think about it. There's the, what is the Roman numeral, um, numerals. They're V's, I's, L's, C's, right? They're letters. Same in Hebrew. So you look for letters. You don't look for um, the way that we, we are. Our numbers are symbols too, by the way. They're symbols. We just recognize them as numbers, right? Don't get too crazy on that, but I'm just telling you what it is. So every Hebrew letter has three different values. You have the phonic sound. You have the numeric value. And Hebrew is one through 400. It's not, that's how it, it's worked. And then you have, the, you have the pictorial or the picture of what's going on. Let me say it again. So you have the phonic sound, you have the numeric value, and you have the pictorial, right? For instance, we are in the 80s on the Hebrew calendar right now. The 80s are back, baby. Come on, somebody say amen. The 80s are back. It is 5782. The letter for 80 is pay. P-E-Y, pay. And the letter for two is bet, B-E-T, okay? BT. So we are in the decade of the pay. And the prophetic symbol for pay is a mouth. It's a mouth. So the way that it's actually put, you can see it. I, I, I didn't ask him to pull it up today. I should have. But you can look it up and you can Google it. It looks like a mouth. Okay? It's pictorial. This means that we are in the decade of pay or we are in the decade of the mouth. <laughs> Which means, come on, y'all, you know, I'm not sure you understand what's happening here. Did you notice that when the 80 rolled around, 57, 80 rolled out, which would have been 20, 20 rolled around, we got a virus called Corona. And the first thing they want to do was put something over our mouth. It's all prophetic, folks. It's all prophetic. 
And so God is saying, this is the decade I want my church to declare. I want my church to proclaim. I want my church to prophesy. I want them to shout. I want them to speak. I want them to tell the world who I am. So the devil tries to shut the church down in 2020, tries to shut the economy down so we can't preach the word, and then tries to put something over our mouths. Are you ready for this? Pay is also the symbol for the meaning of the breath. And this disease, virus, attacks the breath. Do you think it's a coincidence? I think not. I think it's prophetic. This is interesting. You can sit down. I'm almost done here. Give me about two more hours and I got it done. We'll, we'll go have lunch. Lunch is on Rich today. Praise God. He said he'd pay for it. He's a man of faith. Hallelujah. This is interesting. If you go to the 2022nd word in your Strong's Concordance, you can go to Google, get Strong's Concordance. I have a big thick one. My wife bought me back in 90, 91, something like that, uh, for my birthday. And it's, you study, it's a, basically it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dictionary that breaks the Hebrew and Greek apart so you can understand the exact meaning in that exact scripture. It's a beautiful way to study God's word. The Strong's Concordance. The 2022nd word in the Strong's Concordance, um, you will come to the scripture Esther 4.14, which says this, for if you remain completely silent at this time, y'all ain't catching it yet. Relief and deliverance, deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Who knows if this is not your prophetic moment in life to begin to speak and declare boldly. Because I have a feeling, y'all, and I'm telling you right now, I have a feeling that we as a church in the next couple of years in particular are gonna have to stand up like we never have before that great persecution is gonna come upon the church and we can win, it. We can win that persecution if we all decide to stand together. Because if they come and try to tell me to shut this church down, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Now, last time I said that, I got attacked <laughs> in my body. In the name of Jesus, there will be no attacks. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But I will say this. Get your money together. I need you to bail me out. You think I'm kidding. I'm not staying there longer than I have to get that money and get me out of jail. Praise God. First Pastor Reuben. Tell our tell our tell our tell our tell our uh, tell our, our, our money person to get that money together because we I, I'm not staying there. Praise God. And then get you get yourself some signs and start picketing the jail. Get Pruitt out. Get Pruitt out. <laughs> I don't want to stay there, but I will go if I have to. So that leads us to the number two from this 5782 we're in, right? So we're in, the, we're in the 82nd two, which is the word bet. The pictorial for bet is a 
the, the picture of it, what it looks like, is a tent, or it's known as the habitation of God. Look at Psalms twenty-two, twenty-two. What numbers? What 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 year are we going into? Twenty-two. I would declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. What got attacked in 20 and 21? The assembling of ourselves. Don't you see this? I'm not, even, I'm not even that guy that's, I'm not extra spooky. I'm not that guy. I like things to work as I see it, not trying to make things work. You can't, it's every, the devil tried to shut the church down. And in some ways he kind of did. Because we have half the people come to church in America than we used to have. And over half of them are never going to come back. They've made up their mind. It's just they've made life. You want to be so thankful. You've got a courage that most don't have. You want to be thankful God gave you that kind of courage because you don't care. I'm telling you guys. This is, a, this is a plan from the dark side, from the enemy, was to stop God's people from assembling together. And, and he's saying here that 82 that we moved just into, to bet, means tent or habitation. God is saying it's all about coming back to my house. It's about returning to me, returning to my house. He said, I'll declare you, but I'll do it. He did it in Psalms 22. I declare it. In the midst of the assembly, I will declare it. I'll, 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 I'll declare your good, your, your way out, your, your breakthrough in the midst of my people. I believe God is saying that this year is the year of God's house and return and the forsaking not of the assembling of ourselves together.